Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Ian Ippolito. Thanks for being on the show, Ian. Yeah, thanks, Whitney. Great to be here. Yeah, Ian is a serial entrepreneur and creator of the investment analysis website called the Real Estate Crowdfunding Review.com. Also, the founder of a private investor club for alternative investing with over 1,300 members and over $1.35 billion in investable assets. He's been awarded the Incorporated 5,000 Fastest Growing Private Company Award four years in a row and named named to the 100 Most Innovative and Brilliant Companies by Entrepreneur Magazine. Well, that sounds very impressive, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. That's awesome. So, you know, tell the listeners a little more about your background and, and what some of that means and, and what you're doing now. Sure, sure. So actually, really, before I got into syndications and all that, I was a serial entrepreneur, tech entrepreneur. So I created a whole bunch of businesses, some more successful than others, but I was fortunate enough to have a uh, pretty successful company that I exited from in 2013, tech company. And then at that point, my job became managing this money, basically. You know, I didn't have like a normal job that you know, people would have to bring in income. So really, it was depending on my investments. And that was 2013. I, I started learning about alternative investing because I wasn't super great about just throwing all my money in the stock market, like what people would be recommending at the time. And um, started looking at things like alternative lending, like uh, lending club and things like that. And it, it was okay. Stuff that, that was okay. In the end, I ended up pulling all my money out of it eventually because then I found something better, which was uh, the real estate and some of the other alternative financing and some of the debt and equity investments. And uh, I ended up creating a website called the Real Estate Crowdfunding Review just based on... Because I, I went through all about 100 different sites and I, I wrote down what I liked, what I didn't like. I interviewed people about them said, how was your experience? And after creating that, so many people wanted to get the information that, you know, I was emailing it to people. And I said, you know what, I'll just put it up on a website. So that became the, the start of the website. And then that just grew. And then eventually, then I created the private investor club behind it, where we could kind of talk about these new deals. It's like, hey, I found this new deal. It's hard to get good new deals. So here's this new deal that came in, here's the information. And then we would discuss and say, hey, you know, maybe this matches me or maybe this matches you better because everyone comes from a different place and, you know, everyone has different criteria. Nice. Nice. So, you know, why don't you tell us a little more about, you know, like what this private investor club is really, you know, I like how you've done that and you've called it that. And, it, and I think it, uh, it does lots of things psychologically to investors. You know, they feel like they're in this private group, right? Uh, yes. But would you just elaborate on just what that is and why you created that? Well, you know, so originally I had the real estate crowdfunding review. And what I found is you can't be completely straightforward and honest about things on the internet because you can get yourself in trouble. Um, I was, you know, threatened with lawsuits for some of the things that were out there. So you can't, uh, if anything is a little bit negative and, and, and true, you know, you can get into trouble. So I thought, you know what, uh, I need to create an area, a safe space, basically, for people to discuss things honestly. And we would... Everyone would be would sign an NDA to say they wouldn't disclose it. Um, we'd weed out maybe some of the people who would be 
providing conflicting information, you know, people that had conflicts of interest and stuff like that, so that people could really trust, hey, when someone tells me, hey, I like this investment, they really could believe that they are not, uh, they don't have an ulterior motive. Nice. So, yeah, so, so that's basically what, what the end, and so it was this kind of safe place for people to talk about it. And it was just very, a, a small thing at first, and it just kind of grew and grew. And I mean, it's really only a year and a half old. And, uh, you know, you, even actually the, the stats you have are out of date. I think last time I looked, now it's 1800 investors. So it's just, it's just growing like crazy. Wow. So, um, you know, I like how you said, it, you know, you created this safe place where uh, people can discuss these, these opportunities, right? And then, but, you know, you, you said you had, you make them sign something to, you know, I mean, I know what that is, but, but would you elaborate on why they need to do that and what that is? Sure, sure. Okay. So a lot of times we're asking for, we're really digging deep into these deals and we're like, hey, you know, sponsor, you know, this sounds great, but I'd like to get more information. And they're like, well, I'll give you this information, but I need to make sure it's not going to be distributed out across the internet. So we tell them, okay, well, everyone in our club has signed a non-disclosure. And what that means is if you give us the information, we're not going to share it with anybody else. So you don't have to worry about it being published elsewhere. You know, it's going to be kept private. Uh, the exception is that we each have the right to show our financial advisors. You know, so if you have a financial advisor, I can say, you know, here's, here's what's going on. If you have an attorney, you can show it to that and you can show it to an accountant. But uh, beyond that, you know, it's like, can't distribute it. So that's what allows it to become a safe space for these sponsors and platforms to share the information with us that we need to be able to figure out if we want to invest in deals or not. Wow. So, so how are you uh, growing this group? How have you, um, I guess, increased awareness, you know, to get investors in this group? Um, honestly, it's just been by word of mouth. So, um, I, I do have the real estate crowdfunding review where people kind of read my writing and I, I tend to be a bit of a, I'm, I'm a conservative investor. So, um, I think people that resonate with that, like kind of like read the site and they're like, oh, this is interesting. And then they say, oh, well, there's this club. Let me, let me apply and see if I can get in. And, and, and so that's where a lot come. But also a lot are just like, hey, my, my brother's in the club or my, my dad's in the club or you know, my, my business partner. And they just refer. Nice. So you know, I guess, can you elaborate on just really the, the functions of, okay, you find a deal and you put it out to the group, kind of what that looks like in the process? Okay, so there's like a bunch of ways that it can work, but typically it's like someone says, "Hey, you know, I was approached by this sponsor. I received this in the mail, or maybe I got a phone call, or whatever it was." And this looks interesting to me. Um, a lot of times, people are like, "But I have no idea how to, to evaluate it." You know, so what do you guys think? So um, they put it out there, and then you know, there, there's a lot of people in this club, a lot of people with all sorts of different expertise, maybe. And, and, and it's not just real estate syndication. Some of these are like in pretty esoteric things, like it might be litigation finance or life settlement or all sorts of uh, different deals. So, but there's always somebody that knows, you know, about it. So someone that knows something about it will say, well, you know what, here's what I think. You know, I think the risks are this, 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 and this. And I think the advantages are this, 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 and this. I think what's really good about the club is that it's always about like, you know, Hey, this is from my perspective. And, um, you know, I have a certain risk tolerance. It might be different than you. I'm not going to tell you what you what, what's right for you, but just here's the information. Here's what I think, and then everyone makes up their own mind on you know what makes sense to them. So, so at first I was thinking it was a place really you know for you to like put out deals to these investors, you know, but but which I'm sure that helps also or is part of it. But but from what you just said, uh, so investors can also bring deals into the group, you know, where yes. everybody can just discuss. I mean, many different types of investing. 
investments. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly it. So anyone does. So yes, I do bring in a lot on my own just because I'm always networking and, and asking people, hey, what, what did you invest in? Is this good? Did you like it? But um, the power of the group is just that there's so many people bringing in all these deals. And it, it's hard to find good deals these days. So uh, it, it's a really nice thing. So what, uh, what kind of deal criteria you know, do you have as far as before you're going to put a deal out in the group? Um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and at that time, do, do, does the members of the group know that like, okay, you know, you're raising capital for this, for this deal, or is this just like, tell me your thoughts on this, you know, and you put it out. Sure. There's like kind of like stages that it goes through at first. It's just kind of like, Hey, there's this interesting deal out here. Does this look any good? And honestly, 90% of them die at that stage. Cause someone writes something or like, well, did you notice this? Or did you know? And they're, and they're like, okay, yeah, I'm not interested in that at all. So the vast majority kind of just die at a very early stage. But the ones that survive then go on to where, hey, you know, a bunch of people that we kind of poke at it and it's like, oh, it looks pretty good. Then people are like, well, you know what? Can we, uh, let's talk to the sponsor. Let's see if maybe we, if we were able to aggregate some funds together, they might give us, you know, some special terms or something. Maybe they might uh, lower their hurdle or um, raise their hurdle for us so we get a little bit more money or maybe they might change their fees or Maybe they might lower their minimum. That, that's a big thing too. A lot of times the minimums are too high. So, um, so, so we kind of like, what we'll do then is say, okay, we'll say, okay, let's, let's do a roll call. Let's see how many people are interested in this. I understand you haven't looked at it totally, but you know, how much do we have here? Do we have you know, 10 people? Do we have a million dollars? Do we have $2 million? Do we have $5 million? What do we have? You know? And then once I have that number, I take it to the sponsor and say, hey, you know what? Look, we've, we've got some, this kind of interest you know, will you work with us? And, uh, you know, 90% of them will work with us and and do something. So then at that point, then it's time to do the real due diligence. So then we'll like, you know, we'll be everything down to like background checks and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But once we're ready to go, you know, uh, everyone's making their own decision individually, obviously. But as a club, two things happen. Either people are going to invest individually into the deal. And so they'll just go directly to the sponsor. Or some sponsors want us to kind of aggregate our money together into an SPV. And then so in that case, then a, a, a feeder or whatever is created. And then that makes one investment to the sponsor. So you know, it just kind of depends on, on, what, on what they want and what happens. So I think it's neat too. So you all can, uh, you're going to put your money together or determine how much you have so you can really negotiate a better deal or better terms you yes. know, for the group. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's, it's a very powerful thing. So you just you mentioned uh, an SPD, is that correct? Or SPV, so special SPV. purpose vehicle. Yes, uh, just a, it's a it's an LLC that's created. You could call it like a feeder or a special entity, but it's basically rather than say say we're going to bring fifty people into a fund, rather than them taking fifty little individual investments, we'll put them all together into into a fund, and then that's one investment that goes to them. Some people that's that's what they want. So, and then you can invest in a larger syndication through that SPV. Is that right? Like the whole group can. Yep. The whole group can do it. And what, what it allows us to do a lot of times, like let's say that the syndication has like a $300,000 minimum and maybe the typical investor only wants $25,000 to put in. So they can keep their high minimum, but in our little fund, we've got a lower minimum. And so we get all of our investors aggregated and then we just give them one check. Hmm. So what kind of... I guess, uh, legal issues, sh- should we be worried about 
you know, I mean, I know you're not an attorney. Maybe you are. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, uh, no, you know, I'm not. What, uh, you know, what should we be thinking about when we're thinking, oh, wait a minute. Okay. So I could pull, you know, numerous people together and, and we could put our money together and, you know, uh, yes. so, I mean, we're kind of creating our own fund, right? And so yes, what, yes. what does that look like? There's a lot of legal issues. So like if someone's thinking of doing it, I would say you have to talk to a good attorney because there's lots of ways to do it wrong and get yourself into trouble. And I mean, more than you could even talk about, you know, it would take hours to talk about all the things to be done correctly. But go to a, a good attorney that will draw up all the documents, they'll work with you. I mean, it probably cost about, you know, anywhere from about 30, it's not cheap, it might cost about 30 or $40,000 the first time to draw one up. But, um, you know, if you want to, the, 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 the opposite way of that is like, if you don't do that, then you could easily get yourself into trouble. I mean, you, you could go to jail. I mean, really. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so you're, I mean, you're really creating your own fund or your own, I mean, it's almost your own syndication in addition, cause you got your own PPMs and, and everything, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we discussed that. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, vetting the sponsor, you know, mm-hmm. are are you finding now that you're going back to a lot of the same sponsors, or or are you, you know, taking new sponsors? And and you know, how do you um, find? You know, how do you know that there's a sponsor that you want to work with? What what are that? What's the criteria that they need? Sure. So the first part of your question, it's both. So it's like on one hand, there are kind of like favorites where there's this sponsor that the club has invested a lot in in the past, and all of a sudden they have a new deal. Everyone's like, okay, everyone gets really excited. So, um, and, and we, we don't uh, assume that the new deal is good. We still do the same due diligence, but we, we have a high confidence that, you know, this is probably going to be a good deal. So that does happen. But we also have brand new sponsors coming in all the time. One thing I ran into, for example, last year with my own portfolio is I invested so much in this one sponsor that my portfolio was kind of getting out of whack and my balance and my diversification. So, you know, I kind of, I think it's a good idea to kind of spread it out over multiple sponsors. So, um, as far as the criteria, it depends on the investor. So the group tends to skew more conservative than most. So, um, so you know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm also very conservative. So I, for me, like I want to see considerable sponsor experience. I want to see how they've done in a downturn and that they didn't like explode spectacularly. You know, I want to see that they're managing risk appropriately. I want to see uh, appropriate fees. I want to see that they have skin in the game, meaning that, like they are putting in their money along with the investor. Um, now, all, these are things that if someone is more aggressive, they they may not put that much you know weight into. Like for example, the skin in the game. What what that is is that mitigates the risk. Okay, so most sponsors are are compensated with a promote structure, which where they get a certain amount after a preferred return. And the, the thing with that is just that after a certain amount. It, it actually encourages them to push the risk envelope, at, you know, because they're getting a disproportionate amount of the profit, which is fine. But you know, just understanding what's going on. So, as a conservative investor, I want to see skin in the game to mitigate that. Now, if I was a very aggressive investor, I actually don't want skin in the game because I want them pushing the risk envelope. So, you know, so I can't really say that there's one criteria that we say. You know, it was, I just when we do deals, we're like, well, here's what I think. Here's where I'm coming from. But you might feel differently because you're coming from a different place. Hmm. Now, and I, I think too, it shows some alignment of interest, you know, when they're investing in the deal alongside the investors or the LPs. Yes, for sure. 
you know, any any other, I guess, criteria that you know, I, I guess the question I also get uh, people, you know, I talk to so many people almost every day that are trying to get into this business that are uh, maybe they've had other successful businesses, but now they're, you know, they're pursuing real estate or the syndication business, or maybe they've even been uh, had a successful syndication business, say, over the last four or five years. However, they haven't been through a downturn yet. Right. And so right. they say, well, you know, I can't help that I haven't been through a downturn. You know, and so, you know, is that still somebody that that somebody like yourself is going to look into or is that an immediate? No, you know, I'm sorry. Sometimes it is an immediate. No, I mean, I, I hate to, to say that, but it, it is. It also depends on the asset class, because, for example, if it's something where there are like 100 other, like say it's value added multifamily. I mean, honestly, there are like more than 100 that are coming across my desk every month. So if I see someone that doesn't have what I'm looking for, and that's like, there's really no incentive for me to go for it. So I hate to be kind of harsh. But then again, like, so let's say mobile home parks, there's not that many sponsors that are out there that are doing it. So then I'm, I relax my criteria because so it, it just depends. Um, but then, and I should also say that, that that's just me. I'm, I'm very conservative. There, there's others in the club who will be like, you know what? I like the deal. I like, uh, I like the sponsor, even though they don't have that experience. I'm willing to overlook the fact that, you know, they, they've never been through a downturn. So it all depends. No, I appreciate that. Not, and yeah, just lay it out there like it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. So, you know, what's been the, the hardest part of the syndication process for you, Ian? The hardest part? Well, um, you know, I'd say the most painful part is just that every single syndication that you actually get to the point where it's good, you have to wade through those uh, documents. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, it'll be 99 pages, 150 pages, you know, 200 pages. And every single one of, I mean, there's, there's potential gotchas in every single line of every page. You have to read every single one. So for me, that's the most painful part where it's like, you know, I got to go in and read it, but there's no alternative. So uh, I guess the only good thing is that actually for me anyway, you know, maybe I might see a hundred deals coming in in a month, but I'm only going to go through the PPMs of maybe a couple in a month. So uh, it's not the end of the world. What's one way that you've recently Im- improved your business that we could all apply to ours? You know what? I, I, I'd say, you know, because uh, the, the, the club grows so much through word of mouth. And um, so, you know, someone that is looking to increase their, their business through word of mouth, I think a big part of that is that uh, you have to be willing to give away a lot for free, basically. And doing that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and it doesn't have immediate payoff. So, um, so I think a lot of times people tend to skip it. You're so busy. You've got a million other things to do. Let me focus on these clients that are bringing in my money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think actually if, if a person has enough time that they can think long-term spending time, for example, doing just free investor education, I see some sponsors, uh, doing, I think it's wonderful. They'll sponsor, you know, maybe their hard money loan fund and that's what they syndicate. And, uh, they will have like a thing that says, let me just teach people in general what this asset class is about. I'm not going to push my thing. It's going to be very low pressure and stuff like that. And uh, I see them building the same kind of uh, loyalty and kind of uh, deal flow that way. So that, that, that's what I would recommend. Yeah, I like that. And do you have the time, uh, enough time to think long term? I appreciate you you know, talking, talking to that, uh, thinking long term and understanding that there's no immediate payout. Uh, yeah, but it's a long-term game. So, wh- what would you say is the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Oh gosh, well for me, I mean, people get to success in a lot of different ways. For me, it has always just been 
hammering at it slowly day after day because uh, I'm not a person that experienced you know that the massive success that some people were just like overnight they became so successful. For me, it's always been hard work, and I've always had to overcome lots of obstacles, and I made lots of mistakes. So, um, so for me, the, really, the biggest ability was like when something knocks me down, I have to get back up again, and it's just been it knocks me back down, and then I'll just methodically try to work on it a little bit more every single day. And so that, that, that's, that's what's worked for me. Hmm. Is there a way that you've stayed motivated, you know, especially first getting started or the way that you constantly educated yourself or something about a daily routine that you could recommend to everybody? Uh, yeah, there's a bunch, I mean, a bunch of things that I found. Uh, one is, is really counterintuitive and I read it in a book uh, because, okay, so you're, you're trying to get started or, or maybe just trying to manage what's going on. There's a million different things that you got to like manage and you've got things coming in from every direction and which one do you prioritize and what's important. And what I found is that over time, I, I start with like a list of things I don't have time to get to. And the list gets longer and longer and longer and longer. And then eventually it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to look at the list. Um, so I, I read this book, which was very, uh, and I can't remember the name of the book, unfortunately, but basically the suggestion in the book was that every day, the first thing, not even like, wait, you know, you do first thing, you go to your list and you pick the one hardest thing on it, just one, and you just basically do it. It's called eating a frog every day is the idea. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that's pretty challenging. But I tried it. Eat the frog every day. So go to the list, pick the hardest thing that I've been putting off for the long... Usually it's the thing I've been putting off the longest amount of time. And what it does, it actually is amazing. One, it takes up a whole bunch of your day. There's no doubt about it, which is the reason why it's sitting there on my list. And I, I don't want to get to it. But the uh, first of all, getting it off the list the stress that it takes off mentally and everything like that frees me up so creative, creatively where I can start thinking about solutions to other things. Where before, I didn't realize it, but each one of them has like a mental weight that is weighing on me. And by just getting rid of that, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, the other ones are going so much easier. So I found, so while it's very challenging to do, it's like, it's, it's excellent. So if people can, can pull that off, I, I think it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I think that's great advice. Uh, uh, make, uh, you know, make the list at least, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> Start with that. <laughs> um, so, what, what's something you're excited about in your business right now or for the future? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm excited about everything. So, you know, um, uh, you know, real estate, for example, is is growing and changing so much. We got this crowdfunding. We got the syndications. It's opening it up to people who never had access to it before. And uh, I, I'm interested right now in all this alternative stuff. So it's not just real estate, but like I said, some of those other things, which are all exploding. Again, were never available to people before. So I'm excited for my own portfolio. Um, I'm excited for what it means. Um, and maybe, I don't want to say I'm excited about this, but I am looking at it as an opportunity because it would seem strange to say you're excited about it. But I, I do think that we are late in the economic cycle. And I think there is going to be a downturn. I don't know if it's going to be severe. I don't know if it's going to be light, but I'm positioning myself just in case it is severe and I'm saving up cash and, you know, getting in position so that if it is a severe downturn, you know, I, I want to be like these people that I've heard about, you know, in 2007 and 2008, who's just swooped in there and they picked up once in a lifetime, you know, deals. Well, maybe it's not once in a lifetime, but, you know, at least once in a decade, once in a decade and a half. And so, uh, so I don't want to say I'm excited about it because, you know, obviously a bunch of people are going to be in pain, you know, to do that, but I am anticipating it and, uh, whether it comes true or not, I don't know. We may end up having a very small downturn and I'll be like, wow, I wasted, I could have deployed all that cash and I didn't, but you know, we'll see. Is there a need in your business right now that you'd like to put out to the listeners? 
Um, I don't, I can't think of a need, but you know, we can always use more club members. So, you know, if people are interested, check it out. It's a uh, forum.therealestatecrowdfundingreview.com. And, uh, you know, we, and we would love to have more people. Awesome. And how do you like to give back? So, I mean, basically I give back by, uh, I, I, hopefully I'm following my own advice that I kind of gave earlier, which is just, I, I, I volunteer my time and I give a lot of free stuff. Honestly, 99% of the deals on the, on the club, I'm never going to invest in myself, but other people might be interested in it. So I will take the time. It takes a long time to look at a deal and figure out what the risks are and stuff like that. But um, at, at this point anyway, in the club, I'm able to go into almost every one and, and lay out what I think. Um, I know it'll get to the point eventually where I can't do that. But uh, you know, so far, I'm able to do that. So I just kind of like volunteer my expertise and my point of view. And uh, I give that to people and I provide the, the real estate crowdfunding review where I put out my, you know, free advice and my free thoughts and stuff like that. I don't want to call it advice. It's just my opinions on things. So hopefully, hopefully people are appreciating that. Great. Uh, Ian, uh, tell the listeners how, uh, you know, also they can learn more about you or maybe say that website again so they know exactly where sure. to go to. Sure. So the website is called the real estate crowdfunding review.com. And uh, you can, there's a contact me page or people can go to Ian Apolito on LinkedIn. You can contact me there too as well. Great. Ian, thank you so much for your time being on the show today. I really appreciate, appreciate that. And I appreciate the listeners being with us today. I also hope you all will go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me and also go to the Facebook group where we can all uh, learn and, and grow our businesses together. And we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital. Making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success. 